Okay, people, so it is that time of week again. Hope you're ready for a new episode of Echo Chamber. And this week we have a two-parter, okay? Part one, we look at five new films. Well, five films, right? Now we got Expendables 4, The Replacement Plan, Evil Dead Rise, What's Love Got to Know, Love at First Sight, right? Um, and Knock at the Cabin. So a lot of things to check out. But before we get started, let's do what we do and check out the UK Top 10 for the weekend of the 15th to the 17th of September. So, at number 10, it is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutant Mayhem. So, Kyla Spears and Jeff Rowe direct. Rowe also co-writes with Evan Goldberg and Seth Rogen. The film stars and has a voice cast of Ayo uh, Edori, Rose Bryan, Seth Rogen, Jackie Chan, Natasha... Um, Demetru, John Cena, Paul Rudd. At number nine is Sound of Freedom. This is from Alejandro Monteverde, who co-writes with Rod Barr, starring Jim Chavivo, Mira Saveno, Bill Camp, Crystal Apakiro, Javier Jodeno, Right, so at number eight, and we looked at this uh, three weeks ago, two weeks ago, is My Big Fat Greek Wedding Free. Okay, so Nina Vardalos writes and directs. Also, she stars with John Colbert, Louise Mandalore, Elena Campuris, Lani Kazan. Andrea Martin, um, Maria Vacatas, Gia Cardias, and Joey Fontaine. So that means, people, our number seven film of the week is Christopher Nolan's Oppenheimer, which he co-writes with Kai Bird and Martin Sherwin. We have Cillian Murphy, Emily Blunt, Matt Damon, Robert Downey Jr., Josh Harnett, Florence Pugh, Olivia Frilly, Jack Quaid, Gary Oldman, and crew. So, number six, it's Past Lives, right? Celine Song writes and directs, starring Greta Lee, Tay Yo, John Magpora, Moon Sae, Lim Sung Min. Okay, so we are now in the top five, and at number five, it's Barbie, right? Greta Gerwig directs and co-writes with Noah Backenbaum, and we have Margaret Robbie, Ryan Gosling, Kingsley Benadir, Arena Greenblatt, Helen Mirren, John Cena, Michael Sarah. At number four, it is Atlee's Jawan, right? 
they also co-write with Sumit Arura and Ramanjan Zaban. Right, Shah Rukh Khan, Naya Ferrara, Vaija Samarpan, star and film. At number three, people, it is the third Equalizer film, the Equalizer three, right? So Antonio Farouk directs, and it's written by Richard Wenk, Michael Sloan, and Richard Lindholm. At Denzel Washington, Dakota Fanning, David Derman, Gia Spolafer, Remo Guillermo, all star. Right at number two, it is the Nun Two. Right, Michael Chavez directs, Ian Goldberg, Richard Nang, and Akila Cooper. Right. Right, it is starring Teresa Famiga, Jonas Bluke, Storm Reed, Anna Properwell, Bonnie Aprons, Caitlin Rose Downey, Susan Burrish. So, the number one film this week it is the return of your favorite Belgium detective. It is a haunting in Venice. Okay, so Kenneth Branagh directs, and Michael Green adapts the classic Agatha Christie story. So Brenner also stars along with Michelle Yeoh, Jamie Duran, Tina Fey, Dylan Corbett Baker, Amir El Masi, Ricardo Sakarim, Fernando Pini. Okay, so yeah, that's it. That's the top 10. I think it is time for us to take a look at this week's films. Okay, so we are going to start things off with the new M. Night Shyamalan film, Knock at the Cat. Okay, so just checked out Knock at the Cabin. Right, the latest M. Night Shalaman film. Um, he well, the writing situation is right, it was the first draft was written by Steve Desmond and Michael Sherman, and Shalaman then wrote the final draft. It is based on a book, The Cabin at the End of the World. By Paul Tremblay. The film is produced by Shalaman, along with Ashwin Rajan uh, and Mark Beinstock. It's executive produced by Ashley Fox, Christos V. Constancopoulos, um, and Stephen Schneider. It is co-produced by Andreas Zorpanos Kritikos, Jeff Robinson, uh, Herdis Stefanotetir did the music, uh, Jaren Balashki and Lowell A. Meyer cinematography. 
uh, Nomi Katharina Priswork was on editing duties. Douglas Ibel handled the casting. Production design is Naaman Marshall. Art direction is Dave Keelong. While Karen Frick, Joe Skudniski, and Gino Delicoyoli set decoration. Uh, Carolyn Duncan was costume design and our cast. Well, Dave Batista is Leonard. We've got Nikki Amuka Bird as Sabrina. Robert Grint as Redmond. Abby Quinn is Adrian. Then there's Jonathan Groff as Eric. Ben Aldridge is Andrew. And their daughter, Wen, is played by Christine Coy. Uh, Andrew's mother is played by McKenna Kerrigan. His dad is played by Ian Merrill Peaks. Denise Nakano is a TV newscaster. Um, we've got Billy Vargas as a Scientologist. Uh, Rose Lordro is a PWTC spokeswoman. Yeah, I mean, there's people in the news and things like that, but I think that's probably our main group of people, I would say. You know, so the gist of the film is this. Um, it's a film about a tight-knit family who are taken hostage by four armed strangers while vacationing at a remote cabin. The visitors led by Leonard demand that the young girl and her parents make an unthinkable choice to save their family or save humanity. Mm, I mean, that's weird wording. Because it's not so much of a demand, it's an ask, right? They're asking a question. And I, the hostage situation, again, it's a little grey area. But, yeah, I don't know. Like, this film, it's interesting, I would say. Right, the idea, you know, of four people coming to the house and posing this, I think it's like an impossible question. It's her, like, it's horrendous, however you want to cut it, right? Just because what would have to be done and then living with that thing. Right, that that that's the the big thing about the question, and you know, so it's just like, oh, how would people cope with this? What what's the reactions? So that is, yeah, that's the kind of big sticking point here. Now it opens up very anonymously, right? Because we've got 
um, when playing, collecting, you know, fireflies and crickets and the like. And then a guy comes over to her, right? Leonard, Dave Batista. And, you know, he's huge, right? Huge tattooed arms. And he's just like, I want to be your friend. And so you just think, oh, what kind of pedo bullshit is this? I do not want to see a child get molested. Just no. No, 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 no. That's what you would think. Because it's such a, a weird, creepy kind of setup. But that's not what happens. Do not worry, people. We do not have to see that shit. Right. But you're kind of off guard from that. And then he's like, oh, my friends are coming. We need to kind of hurry this up. Right. So everything seems a little imposing. You're kind of like, hmm, what is this? What, what, what's happening here? How is this going down? And so, you know, it then kind of spirals. Right, and we get these flashbacks of uh, Andrew and Eric, of them, uh, basically, we see them on dates, we see them deciding to adopt when, which, I mean... The whole adoption thing was a little, because, you know, I'm, I am kind of tired of white people adopting kids from other parts of the world, right? Just go through the process, adopt a kid, you know what I mean, from your own country, right? Like, God damn it. You know what I mean? I don't think we needed that, but we see that. But I think the big thing, because when we see them arriving at the cabin and just all of this, and they, you know, they say, oh, we stick together, right? But I feel just saying a thing doesn't make it so, right? Because in a lot of the literature about the film, it's like, it's a tight-knit family, right? It's a tight-knit, but you're just like, I mean, if they didn't say it, would we honestly think it? You know, that is one of the big... Would we honestly... Like, I think you can see that one of them is loving and caring. The other one... I mean, a little angry, right? A little angry. So... You're, uh, you know, you're, you're looking at all of this and it's just a bit, there's the, as I said, the, the, the setup, the question, it's interesting, but we, I, I didn't feel that the conclusion was really hard to figure out. Like you, you knew where it was going. Right, you knew exactly how we were gonna get there. But some of the hesitance to doing that, 
right? This is a hate crime and just all of those things. It's just like, but there's no evidence of this thing, right? The, there's no, and even the supposed hate crime that is mentioned and shown, it's like, was it? Right? Was it? Now, there was a crime committed for sure, but they're in a pub, right? In a pub bar. And people get drunk, right? And people say and act in just off-key ways. And a lot of times it's not because of anything other than that person is just drunk, right? Is just drunk and angry at their life. But there was no, there was nothing said that made it indicate that it was anything other than a drunk person being a drunk person, which is the thing, don't get me wrong, that's not saying it was right, but I'm just saying that we didn't see anything to make us believe it's a hate crime, right, so that's the big, one of the flashbacks that we see, and then, you know, the comments made that, oh, they're being persecuted, it's a hate, it's just like, but there's no evidence of, right, and a lot of the, you know, the comments and the, the rationale for leaning in a different direction, it doesn't actually hold up, right, and I think the, 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 uh, uh, what's it called? The attempts to justify, right? And, and, you know, calling out what is going on. It's just like, no, right? You, you can poke holes in everything and, yeah, like no one's going, well, it's not because of this, right? Or, well, everything is taped, right? Everything is pre-recorded. You know what I mean? Like, it, I just wasn't convinced by everything in the middle. Right? I just, I just thought a lot of that stuff was a bit thin, you know, it was just a bit mm, like it felt like, I don't know, that this probably needed to be, you know, like, I don't know, a five, six something part TV series to actually let it breathe a bit more, right? To look into each of the four guests. And maybe why they're chosen or, or, or their importance to the convincing of the, you know, the family. Because, yeah, what we have is just a bit, you know, like the acting is fine. Like Dave Batista, I thought the get our guests, right? So I thought Batista, I thought Amuka Bird. 
Quinn, really good. They were really good. And I thought they showed the the vulnerabilities of their characters. You know, the soul of their characters. Rupert Grint, he was he was okay, but a bit like Andrew, you know, just a bit shouty. Right, so instead of getting character, we're just getting some being loud, you know. I did think that Eric um, Groff's character, you see more of those different sides with him. So I thought that was good. You know, uh, Kristen Coy, she's not bad as when. You know, it's a little kid, so there's, you know, there's not a whole lot of crazy things happening on that emotional scale. But it's a solid performance, yeah? So, uh, yeah, it's, I don't know, like, it, it's fine, but I just think the promise from the initial kind of question just becomes a little bit meh, a little bit mediocre and bland when you were just hoping for this really rich, crazy, you know, psychological piece that's exploring all of these different themes, right? That's what you're hoping for, but it just kind of sits on a, are people homophobic? But without anything to back it up, right? Which is a real shame. Because even if you were like, yes, these people are homo, like, let's see the, the you know what I mean? why, the reasons, what's going, but we just don't, we just don't get it, it just not enough for me with this story. Now, I would say, if you're a fan of Shalaman stuff, you know, like, I probably would say I preferred old, though old does get does get crazy, like the end of old, and there's some other bits in old that you're just like, wait, what? But I thought there was a little bit more there. But I think if you really liked old, you might really like Knock at the Cabin. You know, so I think it's all a matter of how you find Shalaman's films, right? That's a thing. How do you find those? Because I think that's how you're going to receive this one. You know what I mean? But, yeah, it's now out on all digital platforms. You know, I, I watch it on Now TV. But it's on Amazon. It's on uh, iTunes, Apple, YouTube, all of them ones there. So if you haven't seen it and you're a big Shalaman fan, you may very well really dig knock at a cabin. 
I just thought it was standard. But hey, I'm very up and down on Shalomans films. So there is that as well. You know what I mean? But yeah, just my thoughts, baby. Just my thoughts. Well, people, I hope you're ready for a new Netflix rom-com. It is a love at first sight. Okay, so I just checked out the new Netflix rom-com Love at First Sight. This is directed by Vanessa Caswell, written by Katie Lovejoy, and an adaptation of Jennifer E. Smith's book, The Statistical Probability of Love at First Sight, that came out in 2012. Okay. It is produced by Matthew Kaplan. It's executive produced by Chris Foss, Matthew Jansen, Mark Lane, Haley Lou Richardson, Max Seamers, and Jennifer E. Smith. It is line produced by Ross Williams, Chris Ramsey, Melissa Maisie, um, co-produced by Aubrey Bendix and Jennifer Erickson. Paul Sanderson handles the music, Luke Bryant cinematography, Michael Harris, sorry, Michelle Harrison and Joe Colts edit the piece. Casting is Colin Jones. Francesca Mazzaral is production design. Art decoration is Philip A. Brown. Set decoration is Fiona Albro. With Kirsty Halliday on costume design. So our cast. Well, Hadley Sullivan is played by Haley Lou Richardson. Her dad, Andrew Sullivan, is played by Rob Delaney. Um, Rob's new wife is Charlotte, played by Katrina Nahr. Then there's Oliver Jones, played by Ben Hardy. Right, his brother, Luther Jones, played by Tom Taylor. His dad, Val Jones, played by Dexter Fletcher. And his mum, Tessa Jones, played by Sally Phillips. We have the narrator of the whole thing. Well, played and voiced by Jamila Jamil. Um, who else do we have? Uh, Mrs. O'Callaghan, played by Tracy Wills. Mr. O'Callaghan, played by Philip Bird. There's Bridesmaid Shanty, played by Ibn, Ibinabu Jack. Bridesmaid Bertie, played by Jessica Ransom. Bridesmaid Jasmine, played by Lee Quinn. 
Um, we have got Monty, played by Stephen Bruce. The Maid of Honor, Violet, played by Kerry Howard. Um, Gate Agent Jenny, played by Jordan Frazier. Headphone Girl, played by Vivian Galsparry. Uh, the Taxi Driver at Heathrow, played by Anthony Warren. Kate Sullivan, played by Andromeda Godfrey. Uh, the Old Woman from the Plane, played by Liz, Liza Rose. Liza Ross. Uh, okay, so a younger version of Oliver is played by Buddy Powell. A younger version of Luther played by Jasper Hawks. Dr. Doyle is played by David Rubin. Uh, the, the Vicar is played by Sam Booth. Yeah, that's probably the main people we come across. Now, the gist of the story is this. Today should be one of the worst days of 17-year-old Hadley Sullivan's life. Mm, no. Okay. <laughs> they have taken the synopsis from the book because in the film version, Hadley is 20. Yeah, in the book, she's 17. Um, I'm not quite sure how old Oliver is. But, yeah, in the um, in the film, she's 20. Hold on. I will do what it says on Tadom. Right? A plucky American who's a freak for literature and poetry. Hadley's on her way from NYC to London to see her father get married. But it's too late. She's missed her flight. Lucky for her, there's a seat on the next plane for way more money. As Hadley commits to credit card debt and waits to board, she meets Oliver, a data-driven statistics major from the UK. There's an immediate connection between the two. From that moment on, fate keeps bringing them together. They end up on the same flight. Yay, in different rows, boo, until Oliver's faulty seatbelt causes him to move into the only other seat on the plane, next to Hadley. Yay, the plane ride turns into one long date. They enjoy in-flight meals and a movie together, ooh la la, but it's over too soon. As they land in London, Hadley and Oliver lose track of each other in customs, before they even exchange numbers. What are the chances they'll ever meet again? Mm. That, not true. Because they do exchange numbers. Right? And that's one of the problems I have. So, I will say, from the gate, I hated. I hated this film so much. Oh, my God. Oh, it was a sure but here's the thing i well i'm weird with rom-coms people as you know if you listen to this a lot you will know that right you know that 
Now, I watched them for the hope of finding more gems because there are ones that I absolutely love. You know, I've said it so many times, the Before Trilogy, I love it. I love it so much, right? You know, um, gosh, Away We Go. Oh, my days, that's so good. So good. Love Jones, really love. You know what I mean? There's, there's Garden State. There's certain ones that are just fantastic. Incredible. You know what I mean? Love and Basketball, right? Just awesome films. And so, you know, I, I watched them because sometimes you have gems like R Rye Lane. How good was right? If you have not seen Rye Lane, people, what the fuck are you doing? It's on Hulu. It's on Disney Plus. Go watch it right now. It's outstanding. It's tremendous. So that's it, right? I'm a sucker for love as well. You know what I mean? And just, you know, I love hearing people's origin stories. So I checked out the film because I do wonder about love at first sight. You know what I mean? I don't necessarily believe it be exists, right? I think you can dig someone at first sight, right? I knew when I met my chick, right? But, yo, I want to keep on talking to this girl, right? I, I think that's the thing because, well, there's so many different types of love and stages of love. And I think love at first sight is lust at first sight right, which could then grow into other things, but not necessarily, you know, anyway, right, I'm tangenting all over the spot, but yeah, you know, so watching this film, oh, I will say as well, if you are a fan of, well, I think the third Bridget Jones film is a definite, you know, I think that Boom, sticks out. Stuff like What's Love Got To Do With It, which we looked at about a month and a half ago. Um, you know, just stuff like Holiday, right? Choose Love. You know, if things like that, Love at First Kiss, you know, if those films have your heart palpitating, right? If you love those films, if for you, those are the epitome of an outstanding rom-com, then love at, love at first sight is all you. You will enjoy the hell out of it, people, and that is outstanding. That is outstanding, right? For me... There's just a load of things, like, you know, the, the, the whole premise of them getting off the plane and not exchange, because he does, he gives her his number, right? He gives her his number, but here's the thing, because I think everyone knows it, right? You meet someone, whether it's a date or someone, like, you want to network with or just you know, you, you got on and it's just like, yo, let's meet up and talk about blah, blah, blah again. You might go, yo, I'll, I'll put my number in your phone and you press ring, cancel the call. 
So now the number is in the phone. That's what you do. You don't just enter the number and go, here you go, you can text me. Right? You either dial it or you put it in the phone book. Everyone has similar phones nowadays. So I think everyone knows how to do It's not a mystery like it was back in the day. You know what I mean? Like, how the fuck does your phone work? Like, where's all the screens in the set? No, everyone knows. So you would do that. You're not just entering a number. It's ridiculous. Right? Here's another thing. Like, she's 20 in the film. So if your phone dies all the time, you're carrying around a charger cable with you and a power bank. That's what, that's what you would do. Power banks nowadays are like a pound. I mean, not quite, but you know what I'm saying? They're mad cheap, right? Back in the day, yo, those things were expensive, right? Now they're so fucking cheap. You probably can get one in a packet of cornflakes. You feel me? So the fact that she has none of these things with her is, that's bullshit. That's straight bullshit. I know I'm not buying it, right? I'm not buying it, right? It says, oh, her phone always dies. Then you're doing something about it. Like the first one, the first, second time it might happen, you'd be like, ah, fuck, I'm cool. Then you'd just be like, you know what? My phone is shit. All right, I'm going to buy a power bank. I'm going to always have a power cable with me. That's what you would do. Just standard. That's standard. The other thing about missing planes, like being late, you leave early. Especially when it comes to a flight. And if you miss it, you pay for the next flight. And the thing about her going into credit card debt, no, because her dad paid for the flight. So it's just like, she ain't in debt, right? I don't know why they write bullshit all the time in these things. It's ridiculous. But, I mean, you know what's happening in this film, right? You know why Oliver's coming to London before it's even said. You, like, you just know. Nothing is a surprise. Nothing is a shock. It's all very stereotypical. Right, and they do the thing of oh, English people are like this, and it's just full of cliches, cliches that are just terrible. Right um, <laughs> now, something that is just so crazy. Right, she's at the airport. Now, I, I'm not quite sure. I don't. I, do not believe they say which one um, she's at, Heathrow or Gatwick. But I can tell you now, you are not getting to <laughs> um, oh, stop. No, not Stockwell. Where the fuck was, was she going to again? Oh, it begins with an S, not Shadwell. Oh, my. Stoke Newington. Woo! My memory, man. You're not getting to Stoke Newington from either airport 
in 45 fucking minutes, right? You're not leaving an airport and finding a cat, a black cab that quick, right? It's just like, what? And then the way she got there, like the way she got, I'm just like, you're, you, you, huh? That's it. There's, whenever there's a thing, right? And it might be in London, but you might be in, you know, New York or LA or wherever, but they always go by the big, you know, tourist attractions, right? Those symbols of that city, even though if you were actually driving from where they start to where they're going, you wouldn't go past any of those things, right? You wouldn't go past any of those things. You're just like, huh? But yeah, the, so they do that. But it's just like, you're not, <laughs> you're not getting there in 45 minutes. It's bizarre. Now, here's the other thing which does not get addressed, right? So she's late, right? So the, the, this plane gets in just, you know, so she, she, she lands after 11. She has to be at the wedding for 12. So that's the thing. So she arrives and then has to get dress on, hair done, makeup, all of that jazz. Now, is the other big thing. So she's been on a plane overnight, one. She's run through the airport twice. Shorty going to be kind of frowsy, you know what I mean? She's going to be kind of frowsy at this motherfucking wedding. Like, there was nothing like, yo, I just need to take a hoe bath. Is that a hoe bath? What do you call that shit? In the sink. Right, I think they call that a whole prostitute bath shower. One of the two, it's one of them things, right? Uh, that it's just the name of it, that's what people call them things, right? But there's not even that, it's just like yo, anyone got some deodorant? I'm, the, I'm a little, you know, what I mean, nothing. So she at the wedding and there's moving around, you know, then other things happen, and then there's dancing at the end. Shorty gonna be just tinging up the place, right? It's not addressed. It's not addressed in this film at all, which I thought was very peculiar, people. Ain't gonna lie. Very peculiar. But anyway, there's just all of this stuff. Like, Oliver's 22, and, you know, the way he acts with his brother, with his parents, you would think that they, like him and Hadley, were a lot younger. If they were 15, you know, 14, 15, you'd be like, okay, I get it. But they're of an age where you're just like, Nah, it makes no sense, right? He's all about the statistics, right? The numbers, the data. Now, you would someone who is so entrenched how they try and make it in this, 
you're not randomly trying to lips up some girl you just met on a flight because you would be the statistics of, you know, someone meeting someone and it building into anything meaningful is probably, you know, blah, blah, blah to one, right? It's, it's high. It's high. So someone like his character that we're led to believe ain't doing that shit. You understand? So there's things like that that you're just like, you yeah, doesn't make any sense. Right? The way people, it's very Dawson Creaky with the language. I'm, I'm just like, people don't talk like that. You know, or if someone starts to talk like that, you just be like, yo, what the fuck are you on, son? Do you need some sleep? You know what I mean? Like, is it altitude sickness? What is happening here? But everyone is just, ugh. Like, I didn't buy any relationships. I did not buy any of the relationships. You know? It, it's, I mean, there's some good, like, Rob Delaney is a good actor. He's awesome in Catastrophe. Right? And there's plenty of films where he's killed it. But, yeah, just... I mean, it's not horrible, but it just feels, you know, like everyone's phoning it in a little, right? They're, they're just not doing their best work that we have seen them do. That seems to be the big thing. For me, and this is for me, people, remember, the Scrooge of rom-coms. So, as I said, like, yo, the things that irritate me People that love, like Bridget Jones Free, Holiday, you know, um, what's love got to do with it and all of them kind of things, they're not going to irritate you, right? So if you're a person that loves all of them films, this is, you're going to love this. This is going to work for you. So always remember that, right? We don't always like the same things. That's why I try and throw in some examples to give you a benchmark, right? A caveat on what I'm saying. Because, hey, just because I don't like something or just because I like something doesn't mean you will. So you always have to remember that. Think about the things you like and if the reference point mirrors up. You feel me? But ugh, the, the journey from Peckham to Greenwich, wait, and also, the fact that they are holding the reception in Greenwich University, I'm like, going from Shoreditch to Greenwich, that, that's some random ass bullshit, like, you'd have something a lot closer to fucking Shore. that you're going all across London, that's some bizarre ass shit there. It makes no, and also you could have had the wedding in Greenwich, right? Because if you're having the reception there, you got some money. <laughs> that shit ain't cheap, right? So just have the whole fucking thing in Greenwich, right? It's, it's very bizarre. Location-wise, they do some bizarre shit. But yeah, driving from Peckham to Greenwich, that's not a quick journey. And also, you're not just driving into the university like we see them do. You're not doing that. Them gates would be locked down. Like, that's just some, like, what the fuck is happening in this 
stupid fucking film. Oh, but the other, like, it, like, there's a lot of it that seems like it's trying way too hard. Like, the whole Jamelia Jill narrator thing, it, you're just like, why? Why? I don't know why that was a thing. It was just, I just found it irritating. I found it frustrating. But yeah, I'm the Grinch of rom-coms people. So they were just my thoughts on this film. Yeah. So again, I'm sure if you are a fan of the rom-com, Right, and you know, a lot of the rom coms that you find on Netflix and Prime, and maybe I do, you know, stuff like that. Right, if that's your bag, then Love at First Night will be all you, will be all you. So, think about those things, people, and uh, go enjoy yourself, you know what I mean. Strap in and stay safe, people, because it is Evil Dead Rise. Okay, so, people, I just checked out Evil Dead Rise. This is the new film in the franchise written and directed by Lee Cronin. The film is produced by Rob Tappert, executive produced by Sam Ramey, Victoria Palmira, Dave Nustada, John Keevil, um, Mac, Macdara Kelleher, uh, Bruce Campbell, Robert Brenner, and Rommel Adams. It is associate produced by Jose Canas and a line produced by Maura Grant. Stephen McCown handles the music. Dave Garber, cinematography. Brian Shaw edits the piece. Right, casting. It's handled by Stu Turner and Kirsty McGregor. Production design is Nick Bassett, art direction, we have George Hamilton, Nick Connor, and Matt Austin, with Gareth Edwards on set decoration, and Sarah Voon on costume design. So our cast, we have got Teresa, played by Mirabai Pease, her cousin Jessica, played by Anna Marie Thomas, and Teresa's boyfriend? Is it Teresa's boyfriend or Jessica's boyfriend? Um, yeah, Teresa's boyfriend, Caleb, right? Played by Richard Crouchley. Then we have got sisters, Beth, played by Lily Sullivan, and Ellie, played by Elisa Sutherland. Um, Ellie's got three kids, right? There is Bridget, played by Gabrielle Eccles, Danny, 
played by Morgan Davis, and Cassie, played by Neil Fisher. All right, we also have got Bruce, played by Noah Paul. Um, there's Jack, played by Billy Reynolds McCarthy. Scott, played by Ty Wanu. Gabriel, played by Jaden Daniels. Mr. Fonda, played by Mark Mitchinson. And the new caster, played by Melissa Zhao. So, um, yes. And Bruce Campbell, though not really in it, he is a um, voice on the recording of the record. So, uh, yes, he does make, he still does make a cameo in the film. Now, I feel like I was lied to with this. I feel like I was lied to. Because I do not remember the first Evil Dead. I'm not sure I saw that. I watched Army of Darkness, right? Army of Darkness was more a comedy. It was funny. I thought this franchise was a kind of a comedy fit situation. This was not a fucking comedy, people. <laughs> this was not a comedy. I was so unsettled. I had to go out. I went out. I went to the gym. I would just come back because, yo, that was some craziness. That was some fucking gory ass craziness, man. Like, we start off with um, our sisters, our cousins, right? Jessica and Teresa and um, Jess's boyfriend, Caleb. So they're out at a cabin. Um, yeah, Jessica's ill, right? Caleb doesn't really seem to care. And, uh, yeah, she gets, like, I don't know, Teresa goes to look after her, and then all, all goes just crazy. All goes crazy. We then cut, like, to the day before. So we're like, oh, so this is how we get to that point, right? This is what happened to the, the these three teenagers or young adults. We're not quite sure how old they are. Uh, but we are not with these people, right? We're, we're not with them. We're with Ellie and her kids, right? They're in this apartment. Things aren't going well. Right, things aren't going well. Though, this is a huge fucking apartment for people kind of living on the on the edge of things. Right, not rich. That apartment's fucking huge. <laughs> it's just like yo, okay. <laughs> I'd like to live in something that size, but yeah, things are things are rough, right? You can see that the kids are just being fucking kids and all of this kind of jazz. And her sister arrives. Right? Ellie's sister Beth arrives. And 
you can see there's a there's a disconnect there. We do see some earlier scenes with Beth as a, you know, she's a, a music technician, right? A guitar technician, that kind of thing. So we see this and you can see there's, yeah, a, there's a lot of dysfunction. There's a lot of dysfunction. Now, an earthquake then hits. Earthquake hits, which seemed very, yeah, I don't know. Earthquake seemed weird. But a hole appears in the ground, which then leads to all the bullshit, right? All the bullshit. And this is where I get a little, because, you know, there's protocols, right? Now, there's no earthquakes in England. I mean, there's been some low, 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 low level shit recorded in Wales, I think, a few times. But, you know, nothing that you feel. You know what I mean? So we don't have to do all of that kind of, you know what I mean? But you've seen films, right? You read about things. You know there's protocols, right? Earthquakes do not get in lifts. Right, do not, you know what I mean? Like standing doorways, I think they say, and you know, get on the table, just all of those things. So when you see, you know, Danny do the shit, Danny, you're just like, wait, what? Like, who's do come on, man? Like, they're just doing shit that you're just like, this all seems very odd. Very odd indeed. And even, right, Ellie moans at the kids for doing something. And then she does the same thing. Because I'm just like, I ain't using that lift for a while. Because aftershocks and just all, you know, could be loose and stuff. So I'm being mad careful. You feel me? I'm being mad careful. So it was just, we see a lot of actions go down. That you're just like. Why? Who's doing this shit, right? I was um, I was skeptical on that kind of, on that front. Ain't gonna lie. And then we have um, you know, like we have these this book that is off key, right? These cruddy old records. You know, like if you find a book, well, firstly. If I find any, if I went in a hole and found shit, I ain't bringing that up. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's finding artifacts, there's artifacts, right? And there's finding fossils. And then there's finding, you know, shit like this. And I'm just like, you know what? That's staying right there, right? I'm calling someone and I'll be like, yo. You know what I mean? But if you find a book covered in just the nastiness this book is covered in, I'm like, you know what? I ain't touching that. I ain't, like, what are we doing? What, like, what are we doing? And that, that just was, it just seemed baffling. It seemed baffling what went down, you know? All of that, all of that seemed very, uh, very weird. And there is a lot of people seeing something fucked up and then going, wait, 
what's wrong? Are you, oh, what's going on? <sighs> like, there's a period where you could escape, but instead of escaping, people are like, huh, what is, hold on, oh, are you, hmm, maybe I'll wait until you're right up on me, hmm, right, you're just like, oh, what are, what's wrong with these people, and they're not looking after each other, that was the, 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 another crazy thing, like, yo, you, you've got, you know, the brothers and sisters, there's that age gap, so you, the older ones should be looking after the younger ones, like the mu but no one's just like, okay, we all stick together, right? Obviously, if they do that, it's not the same film, right? But you just kind of think if that make that's the thing that that's the thing that makes sense in this scenario. Why why would anyone do anything different? Like what's happening? And then you've got your neighbors again, everyone you'd think would be sticking together, right? It is just the way everyone's going about things is bizarre. It's fucking bizarre. You know? Like, that That had me baffled, right? That had me baffled. We have other bits and bobs going down. Like, if, some, if there's a place where a cat can go, right? That gives you a, a, a size benchmark. So then for the next thing, you're just like, no, <laughs> that's that's not. And even because of the difference from when you first to then later, you're just like, no, nah, that makes no sense. What are we doing? Like, what are we doing? Huh? So it is all, there's all this craziness going down. And then even with all this crazy, right, no one is looking too disheveled until we throw in the blood. When the blood comes, then, yeah, people are coated and just all. But up at that point, you know, a lot of stuff's going down and everyone still looks, you know, hairs in place, right? No one's sweating. No one's, you know what I mean? Those kids would be sweating. You know, or they, they'd have wet shit themselves. Like, but this is some scary shit. You know what I'm saying? No one is looking fresh to death in that situation, you know? So we just have all this manner of crazy taking place. And, yeah, I'm rolling my eyes. I'm definitely rolling my eyes. Though, as I said, this was some fucking gory, creepy shit. It really was. Uh, and this is why I do not watch horrors at night, people. You know what I mean? But at the very end, it ties into what we saw at the beginning. But that did have me questioning things a little. Because it's just like, okay, if that can happen, what? why didn't it happen beforehand, Right? After the other stuff, you know, uh, yeah, I, I didn't quite get that. Now, maybe this is all explained in the f other previous films. And I've, because again, I don't know if I saw the original. I know I saw Army of Darkness, but that was 
frigging, you know, decades ago, <laughs> right? Because I, I, I'm not quite sure when Army of Darkness came out. I feel it was in the 90s, you know what I mean? I feel that was in the 90s because, yeah, I don't know, man. Like, it, it just feels like it was so long ago, you know what I mean? I might be wrong, but, oh, yeah, 92, obvious. So I have not, you know what I mean, seen those films. So maybe there was stuff mentioned in Army of Darkness and I missed. But there were things that went down, which I was a little baffled at. But I will say, if horror films are your thing, yeah, I think you'd like this one. I think you, because I was very unnerved. <laughs> I was very, I was just like, I do not like this at all. You know what I mean? That's a bit, I left my house, right? Have <laughs> you know, told you a lot, people? So, yeah, from the effects were very good. Effects were very good. The lighting, all of that thing. I was just dubious on certain, you know, plot points. But, you know, that style of thing was good. The acting was kind of horror acting. So it wasn't horrible, but it is like a little hammy in places. You know what I mean? But yeah, if, if you're a horror fan, if you like, you know, I imagine if you like the previous Evil Deads, if you like Smile, right? Megan, all of them things. I, I do feel that this will be um this will be your thing for sure right i watched it on netflix and uh, i believe it is all over the place so yeah people a new evil dead and i do believe right i do believe that a, a you know a future one has been set right I, I, that's what I'm, I'm, I feel I've heard that, you know, yeah, I do believe I've heard that, so I think this, there was the three original films, then you had, um, well, I think there was one in 2013, there was the TV series, right, um, yeah, and so this is the fifth film in the franchise, and as I said, I, I, I believe that a, um, a new one is on its way, so, well, with the writer strike and all of that, you know what I mean, but uh, I, I think there is gonna be more, so, Evil Dead fans, rise up, baby, because you've got a gory motherfucking one on your hands with this. Enjoy. Coming to VODs Friday the 29th of September, it is the retirement plan. Well, people... The Retirement Plan. This is the new film 
from Tim Brown. He writes and directs. Okay, the film is produced by Doug Murray, William G. Santor, Nicholas Tabarok. Executive produced by Tim Brown, Andrew Chang Shang, and John Hills. With line production from Jason Ross Jallet. Roger Swan handles the music. Mark Irwin, cinematography. Robert Brakey and Kurt Nishmura handle editing. Melissa A. Smith is on casting duties. Charisse McLaughlin, set decoration. Costume design is Muska Zamati. Hair and makeup. We've got Steph Pringle, Sarah Marshall, and Trina Brink. Okay, so our cast. Well, Matt is Nicolas Cage. Well, yes, Matt is played by Nicolas Cage. That sounded weird, didn't it? His daughter, Ashley, is played by Ashley Green. Her uh, boyfriend, Jimmy, or is it husband? I'm, I can't quite remember. It's played by Jordan Johnson Hines. And their daughter, Sarah, is placed by played by Grace Byers. All right, we have got Donnie, played by Jackie O'Haley. Bobo, one of his henchmen, played by Ron Perlman. Uh... Oh, there is Matt's friend, Joseph, played by Ernie Hudson. Right. We've got um, the FBI agent, Drisdale, played by Lynn Whitefield. And Fitzsimmons, played by Joel David Moore. Um, Christopher is played by Rick Fox. We've got Gibson, played by John Ambrose. Uh, Helen, played by Samantha Khan. Tim is played by Dax Ravina. The General is played by Ronnie James Hughes. There is um, Lou, played by Adam Morato. Blade, John Thomas Goofer. Leon Kit Brown. Uh, Mitch is Zava Jeremy. Um, Christopher's assistant is played by Thomas Marriott. Uh, who else do we have? Uh, Amber Ashley Smith is a flight attendant. That's probably it, I would say. So the gist of the film is this, right? When Ashley... And her young daughter, Sarah, get caught up in a criminal enterprise that puts their lives at risk. She turns to the only person who can help, her estranged father, Matt, currently living the life of a retired beach bum in the Cayman Islands. Their reunion is fleeting as they are soon tracked down on the island by crime boss Donnie and his lieutenant, Bobo, as Ashley, Sarah and Matt become entangled in an increasingly dangerous web, Ashley quickly learns her father had a secret past that she knew nothing about. 
and that there is more to the father than meets the eye. I mean, yeah, it's a little simplistic, right? She doesn't actually want to turn. It's Jimmy who is the one that's, right, the only way you'll be safe is go to your dad, right? That's how that all worked. Yeah, it wasn't a by-choice reunion, as it were. Now, this... I mean, right, it's not going to set the world on fire. It is it's the equivalent of an 80s, early 90s action film. You know what I mean? Like, it could be an episode of MacGyver or the A-Team. You know, MacGyver, more A-Team maybe because, you know, Matt uses weapons. He he will shoot a motherfucker, right? Stab you, all manner of things, you know. And we know MacGyver wasn't about that life, right? But that's what this was essentially. It's one of those because we have like setups that are all over the place, right? You have people that work with criminals, hardened criminals, not not just a little, you know, dime bag hustler, right? And then they seem to be all, like, shocked at the repercussions of certain actions. And it's just like, okay, you might not have been high on the food chain with this dude, but you must have known what they do and what they do to people that cross them, right? So it's just like, you know what I mean? Then you do a thing, right? That's crazy. But you have no backup plan, right? There's no... Oh, what if this goes wrong? Because it's in present day, right? So people have TV, right? They go to the movies, they read books, right? These, these are always setups that we see countless time and time again. And the characters, unless they're Mormons, right? Unless they're Mormons, you'd be, you have seen what happens in this scenario on your favorite TV show countless times. How is it you've not fought, you know, more than a second into the future and plan things out, right? That, that, that's the thing that you're always just like, what the fuck? You know what I mean? What, what's happening here? <laughs> it's so crazy. So crazy, right? Uh, it's, look, it's attempting to be slick, right? At the beginning, as we meet people, right? You then get this kind of cutaway card and it's got their name, you know what I mean? Underneath a kind of stylized picture of them, you know? So it's trying to do that, you know, slick, crime, thriller, actioner type of thing, which is fine. That's all fine, you know, it's explosions, action, all of that. So, yeah, if you want that mindless, you know, thing, the retirement plan could very well work for you. It's not, it doesn't really feel that thought out, though, right? And the performances, they're, they're workmanlike, let's say that. Right. No one is winning an award. No one's sitting, you know, what I mean? you on the edge of your seat like, yo, 
oh my god that was crazy you know it, it, which is like okay all right whatever but it's just a bit of a shame sometimes when you know how well you know this cast have performed in other things right everyone has been in some great pieces so it's just like is it this is all we're getting right this is this is all we're getting from these people man come on but it is what it is you know it is what it is oh dear oh dear oh dear people 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 i think the resolution like the film ends in a way that it's like oh feel they want this to be a tentpole, but I don't know if we will get more. If it's, like, crazy cheap to make, maybe they go, eh, you know, we could just make a countless of them, you know, for a, a streaming platform or something. Like, that may happen. I don't think it will, but who knows? Who knows? I, it, it's we do get a lot of stereotypes. Every single character basically is a stereotype. You know, it's it's not anything new. You just feel that you know Brown, man, he he loves this genre of film, and he just wanted to make an attempt at doing it. Right, that's what it kind of plays as. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know, people. I don't. I would say, uh, boom, hmm, I mean, any run-of-the-mill um, cage film, if you're a fan of that, then you, you could possibly like this, you know, it's not up there with his great films, you know what I mean, so don't, yeah, don't be expecting one of those, but I don't know, just some workmanlike flicks, you know. And I think workmanlike flicks that have starred, you know, Ron Perlman, Nicolas Cage, we, you know, they've made a lot of those, right? They've made a lot of those, we know that. So, yeah, if that is your jam, then, yeah, you will like the retirement plan, you know? But, yeah, it's not, it's not what we'd hope it to be, you know what I mean? And I think that's the shame of it with something like that you're hoping for something that's gonna be like yo that was friggin awesome but unfortunately you just get a eh I mean that killed 90 minutes fine right that is the thing but yes people if you are a fan of uh I don't know, just, um, 
trying to just think of some average film, right? Oh, dear, oh, dear. Yeah, you know, I think stuff like, um, ooh, the, the, the witch, oh, what's that frigging film? The, the witch hunter, and it, it had Cage and, uh, Season of a Witch. Yes, that's it. Things like Season of a Witch, you know what I mean? If that's you. Like if you like the things like those sequels to uh, Scorpion King, right? Just that cheesy, just like, uh, then I I would say, yeah, I would say this, this is for you, the retirement plan. So yeah, we're not having any of our stars in their optimum performances. But you can't sleep, you need to kill time, boom, retirement plan. And it will be hitting VODs on the 29th of September. So yes, people, there you go. Hitting cinemas Friday the 22nd of September, people. It is the fourth entry in the action adventure series. It is Expendables 4. Okay, so people, thanks to Lionsgate UK, I was able to just check out Expendables 4. So this is directed by Scott War and written by Max Adams, Tad Daggerhart, and Kurt Wimmer. Daggerhart, that's a pretty snazzy old name, right? Um, the film is produced by... Boy, there's a lot of people involved. Yariv Lerner, uh, Jason Stephen, Kevin King Templeton, and Les Weldon. It's executive produced by Jonathan Junger, Christopher Woodrow, Gareth West, Robert Van Norden, Trevor Schultz, uh, Stephen Paul. We have Avi Lerner, Edda Kawan, Kay Blaine Johnston, Basil Iwank, Anna Halberg, Lattie Grobman, Jeffrey Greenstein, John Felvemer, Bose Davidson, Alan Dom. Jason Constantine, Michael S. Constable, Spencer Cohen, Guyman Cassidy, and Krista Campbell. It's co-executive produced by Clayton Fernandez and Vladimir Fernandez, Victor Hadiday. 
Balan Melakode and Lonnie Ramati. Hmm. Co-produced by Matthew O'Toole and Abby Mills. So yeah, a lot of people involved with this one. Music is handled by Guillermo Rosell. Tim Morris Jones handles cinematography. Michael J. Duffy edits the piece. Casting, we have Elaine Granger and Despiana Sagalu. Art direction is Ivan Rangelov, Kira Kemble, Biljana Jovanovic, and Eliza Banzavukakova. Set decoration, we have Natalia Ayres, Neil Foyd, Orin Gradadanov, Natalia Lenz, and Arta Tozy. Costume design is Neil McLean. And so our cast. Well, we have got... Um, dum, dum, dum. Uh, let's go here. I feel this is probably a bit easier. Uh, so, um, Sylvester Stallone is back as Barney Ross. The leader of the Expendables. Jason Statham is Lee Christmas. Uh, Dolph Lundgren is Gunnar Jensen. Um, Randy Couture is Toll Road. All right. We have then got um, Jacob Scipio as Galan. Um, mm, mm, mm. okay. Mm. Oh, Andy Garcia is Marsh, the uh, CIA controller of the team, their manager, as it were. Um, dum dum dum. Curtis Jackson, aka 50 Cent, is Easy Day, a new member, along with uh, Galan. Right, we've got Lash, another new member, played by Levy Tran. Um, and Megan Fox is Gina, another CIA agent. Lee Christmas's girlfriend and also a member of the Expendables. It all gets a little convoluted. So she's another of the new characters. Tony Ja is Decker. Uh, Iku Uwazi is Sorta Ramat. Um, who else do? Have Cody Mackey is Pavel, Kenny Bartram is Aton, Darren Knopp is Bok, 
Uh, Luke Newman Williams is Russo. Do, do, do. Is there anyone else who I'm missing? Uh, Samuel Black is Randall. Uh, Sheila Shah is Adele. Nicole Andrews is Charlie. Do, do, do. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it. There's a few cameos like Eddie Hall, you know. Um, but yeah, that that's I would say that's probably the uh, the main group of peoples. Now, the gist of the flick is this. A new generation of stars joined the world's top action stars for an adrenaline-fueled adventure in Expendables 4. Reuniting as the team of elite mercenaries, Jason Stapen, Dolph Lundgren, Randy Couture, and Sylvester Stallone are joined for the first time by 50 Cent, Megan Fox, Tony Jaa, Iko Awawa, Jacob Scipio, uh, Levi Tran, and Andy Garcia. Armed with every weapon they can get their hands on and the skills to use them, the Expendables are the world's last line of defense and a team that gets called when all other options are off the table. But new team members with new styles and tactics are going to give new blood a whole new meaning. I mean, I don't know what that means. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Oh, my gosh. Now, we start off with this big action piece in uh, Libya. Um, Libya? Liberia? Liberia? Yeah, no, Libya. Liberia does not sound right at all. Um, yeah, this big action piece, you know, explosions, car chases, like knife fights. It's all a go. It's all a go. And you're not quite sure because we know there's new members joining the team. So it's just like, oh, is this the new bunch? Is this an expendable? It's not. It is not, people. And we then, while this is all going on, we jump to Barney on his motorbike going around to see Old Lee Christmas. And that's when we get introduced to Gina, his girlfriend, because they're having a big argument and it's all a bit random, right? But I think that lets you know, it, it really sets a benchmark for what we see in this film. You know, because there is a lot of kind of pointless conversations and, and stupidness going on. But you know what, right? This is kind of like a live action version of America the Motion Picture, right? That 2021 um, Netflix cartoon that was kind of dealing with the, the inception of America, right? That's what Expendables 4 feels like. Like ridiculousness. Big explosions over the top, right? And terrible, terrible jokes. 
like it is really trying to shoehorn the the humor in it, it's just like i laughed a couple of times but not at the things that were meant to be funny right i uh it's just i mean the script is pretty bad <laughs> the, the script is pretty bad right it's very on the nose right and we get these just horrible horrible interactions like there's a bit when um easy death which the names the names are terrible they're really bad names but 50 cents character he asks randy couture about his ears he's like what's wrong with your ears and then we get this long explanation and then later on in the film lash does the same thing and it's like we didn't need it the first time <laughs> why are we trying to do it to say it wasn't funny the first time but we're trying to do it again right and yes yeah, there's a lot of that there's a lot of things happening in the fight where you're just like that would not work in a real fight like that would not work like flying head scissors right not gonna it's, it won't work in a real fight especially when you're bogged down with body armor <laughs> right mad load of weapons grenades all of that kind of jazz you're not doing anything like that right that well you could just land on one of your grenades and blow yourself up you know you know right there's a lot of this kind of foolishness foolishness but if you're a big fan of the franchise, right? If you just want dumb explosions and big fights, or is that big fights and dumb explosions? No, I just said that the same way. I meant dumb fights and big explosions. Yes. <laughs> if, you, if you want that, right? This is catnip for you. This is catnip, baby. You will love it. Imagine if you were a fan of the franchise as a whole. You're going to dig it. Now, I've seen the first two. I haven't seen the third one. I had a quick look at what the third one's about, which the confusing thing is, I thought it sounds like the third one was meant to be the thing to bring in new blood. So I don't know what... Yeah, because this is sold as a vehicle to bring in new blood, which, when you look at it, it's not really a whole heap of young people, new young people joining, to be honest. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and you do not buy Megan Fox as a kick-ass character it's just you know in the third one Ronda Rousey was in it definitely more believable because Ronda Rousey you know MMA she can beat people up like we've seen it happen Megan Fox no no you don't you do not buy it at all right oh and there's a fight that she has and she's in an arm, she's got an arm bar, let's say, a, a mounted arm bar. 
And the escape from that is not an escape. Like, you wouldn't use that to actually escape that move. Like, it's not going to work. Your arm is going to get fucked up. <laughs> like, the, the whole positioning would be that you couldn't do that as well. It, it was just like, what, what are we seeing here? Like, do you not understand that we can watch jujitsu and, and martial arts all the time now, every motherfucking week? We see people in these positions. We know what works and what does not work. That does not work. <laughs> but yeah, that's what this film is. A load of ridiculousness, right? But in a way, you know, you can switch off and just be like, okay, I'm just going to go with this. It's stupid. It's dumb. The interactions are horribly written, right? It's just the conversations are just bad. It, it, I don't know if it's just my crappy eyesight, but it did look like there's a lot of green screen. Just so much green screen. It's crazy, you know? But yeah, people, the film drops this Friday. Um, you know, so yeah, if you're a big fan, boom. All you. If you want something a bit more refined, and when I say refined, I'm not talking anything too crazy. I'm saying things like nobody, right? The John Wick franchise. This isn't up there with those films, you know? But it is mindless. You can switch off and just have some ridiculous fun for, boy, how long was this film? Hmm, just under two hours, right? 104 minutes. So, yeah, people, that sounds like your thing. Expendables 4, that's free. I'm just an idiot. 4, yeah. Expendables 4, yeah, just mind, don't mind me, people. We'll be all you. So, yeah, have some fun, people. Have some fun. Okay, people, so we are coming to a close on part one of this week's podcast. But before we bounce and head into part two, let's take a look and see what's happening in the world of film, shall we? So, streaming dates have been announced for several films, right? So, um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle, Mutant Mayhem will be hitting Paramount Plus on the 19th of September. Um, yeah, boom, boom. Uh, we've also got the 22nd of November for the sequel to Good Burger, which will also be hitting at Paramount Plus uh, on that day. Now, Oppenheimer, right, that hasn't got an exact day, but it will be coming at the end of November. 
So um, mark those dates down. Um, another one hitting you. Um, this one is going to be coming on the 20th of October. And this is Bill Burr's directorial debut. Well, feature directorial debut. Old Dads. Right? It's um, starring himself, Bobby Carnival, and Bookham Burr. Bookham Woodbine, Katie Alston, Rain Edwards, Richard Harris, Miles Robbins, and Jackie Tone. Right, so um, Burr wrote the film along with Ben Tischler, and it follows three best friends who become fathers late in life and find themselves battling powerful, battling powerful preschool principals, millennial CEOs, and anything created after 1987. Burr is funny as fuck, so I can't wait for that. Um, another thing coming to Netflix is a sequel to Troll, right? Um, it, the, the original came out last year. It was a Norwegian film directed by Raw Ultag. Um, yeah, we, we looked at it on the pod, so you'll be able to find it. I do not remember what episode, but it's there. Um, I mean, it was goofy as fuck. <laughs> so we, we will see what happens. You know, they're going to start filming next year. So yeah, I don't know. We'll see. All right, another film. Well, some things have been announced, right? But because of the strike and everything, not a lot, right? But Skydance have just tapped Mark Webb to direct Bermuda. It's not a film about the creation of the shorts. No, it is about the Bermuda Triangle. It's an action adventure. So, um, yes, you know, obviously... Shit will disappear. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I don't know. I don't know. Right? David Olson, Dana Goldberg, and Don Granger will be producing. Um, yeah, I, I forget who's writing. I'm not sure if that was announced. But yes, that is coming. Now, another one, right? Because I think. After the last Creed film, there was talks about, you know, expanding the universe. So the first part of that jigsaw puzzle has just come to light with a anime, right? Called Krieg Shinjida, I think. <laughs> Who knows, right? It says it's a sci-fi spin. So I don't know. Right, it's um, yeah, I don't know, interesting. Hmm, right, so um, doo -doo -doo. so I think it's behind his short, I think it's like an interplanetary adventure about three young boxers. Together, they learn how to enhance individual powers by connecting to each other. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I mean, oh, 
Yeah, that's just bizarre. Fizz, you know, I, I, I think it could muddy the waters. People watch that, really like it. They've watched the actual Creed films and think, where's the sci-fi? You know what I mean? I don't know. We'll see what happens. We will see what happens with that. Right, so the 27th of October, right, will have the release of Lego Marvel Avengers Code Red. Right, this is a um, obviously it's a, one of those Lego animated short films. Um, so yeah, no real info on director or voice cast, but you know, if you've enjoyed the previous ones, right, we've had a Guardians of the Galaxy, Avengers Reassembled, Black Panther, Trouble in Wakanda. You know, so, um, yeah, if you enjoyed those, then I'm sure this will be in a similar vein. All right, now, he had a great premiere, supposedly, right, at um, the recent, um, uh, what is it, I think it's Toronto, I think so, but Netflix have just picked up Richard Linklater's Hitman, which stars Glenn Powell. Um, yeah, so that should be interesting. It's actually based on a true crime article um, following a mild-mannered psychology professor who also posed as an undercover hitman for the New Orleans police. <laughs> I mean, when he breaks protocol to help a desperate woman trying to flee an abusive boyfriend, the character finds himself becoming one of his false personas, falling for the woman and flirting with turning into a criminal himself. So it's also starring Adria Arjona, right? So, um, yeah, we will see what happens with that. But, you know, I've always enjoyed a good um, Linklater film, so looking forward to it. Um, mm -mm, Mike Blizzard, Linklater, Glenn Powell, Jason Bateman, and Michael Costagan produced the film. Um, and the script was written by Linklater and Powell. Uh, who adapted the article, which was from Skip Hollandsworthy. So, uh, yes, there you go, there you go. So it's going to have a limited fear to release, and then it will be hitting Netflix. And so this, I thought, was very interesting, right, because late last year, I mean, it was October last year, I guess you could call that late last year, right, we had Werewolf by Night, right, it was one of those um, Marvel special presentations, and it was frigging great, right, because we also had, um, oh god, what's it called, Man-Thing, yeah, Man-Thing, right, and Elisa Bloodstone, so we had the introduction of 
the um, kind of these monster-centric characters to the Marvel Universe. And one of the big things was, like, firstly, it was Gail Garcia Burrell's, um, no, it was Michael Gianchi's directorial debut, right? Went from composing to directing, so that was interesting. Also, it was black and white, with just that little touch of colour in certain places, which was fascinating, right? Now, what's really interesting about this is, people, and why it's in the news... Because this October, Marvel will be releasing a color version of that special. Right? So, um, they're saying they use vibrant colors and it will be kind of a homage to the Hammer horror movies of the 60s and 70s. So, um, yeah, I'm very intrigued to see um you know how this works out right because it was great in black and white so what will the color do to it so it will be released on disney plus on the 20th of october so yes there we go there we go now people it might be the end of part one but we have a part two so make sure yeah go by and um, check things out as we look at the lesson and then speak to the director Alice Troughton and it was fantastic so people until then peace